Pulp-MX Network Production. Pulp-MX fans, we're 550-plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp-MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mackles Show. Presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You use the code PULPMX when you check out at BTOsports.com to save yourself money. And, of course, BTOsports.com KTM team with Shorty, Brayton, and Millsaps coming to a stadium near you. And uh, the great guys down there, they got everything you need for your bike or body. Fox Racing, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Flex Air, 2016 Flex Air stuff out now. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon wearing Fox. And, uh, yeah, check them out. Go to your local dealer. If they don't carry Fox, go to foxhead.com. BTOsports.com and Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, uh, he's in uh, Southern California getting ready for the uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm. He is the voice of Straight Rhythm, Jason Wygant. What's up, man? Yeah. What are you doing? Straight rhythm. Uh, overlooking the fairplex, I almost went over to watch Jesse Nelson um, test this start uh, for the first time, the 14-foot drop start, but uh, instead we're doing a pod. Yeah, no, I figured I want to do this pod because a couple reasons. One, uh, James Stewart's coming back this weekend. Now, you know, his true debut, maybe the Monster Cup or whatever, a year-long suspension for uh, a testing positive for an amphetamine, and... Um, and also, too, Chad Reed is just in the process of securing a ride with Yamaha. We believe he's coming back for one more year, maybe two. But this could be it for Chad Reed. Um, and uh, James Stewart, of course, with a year off. I was thinking, Wygant, like, we're pretty lucky in the sense, like, you grew up in the 80s and there were some incredible rivalries there was some really good rivalry we didn't get a chance to see a lot of it because tv package no internet that kind of thing but there was some great rivalries bob Hanna and kent howerton and um bob Hanna and a lot of other dudes bob Hanna and this and bob and that um mcgrath the 90s stanton bradshaw we saw some of that mcgrath didn't really have a rival all those years you know maybe a little bit with yogi but he was just so much better it didn't. It didn't really work out. And well, now, there, you have to remember um, if you're going to throw in McGrath and Robert, you have to mention Emig at least in some degree. I never felt like it got to the level of Stu and Reed. Yeah, I understand. Ever, but but people are going to be like, "What? Not Emig?" But I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, let's yep. face it. And and also too, um, nowadays, look at the last guys: Ryan Dungey, Ryan Villapoto. Those two have both said on the record, "I don't want to get. I'm. I don't want to start anything with anybody." They've both yep. said that. I want to just pass a guy and win a race, you know? And, they, I mean, they, they got close a few times, but there was no rivalry there between those two guys, between the Ryans. It was uh, pretty clean, pretty respectful, um, some great racing, but uh, it wasn't the rivalry. But getting back to what I was saying, like, we're lucky 
and to cover the sport and the coverage we have, live TV, internet, uh, message boards, uh, websites, and we've had Stu and Chad just deliver for us over the years, their whole careers. They've made up, they've fought, they've made up again, they've fought again. Um, Two guys who really didn't like each other, and you can't always say that um, for, for the other rivalries, legitimately did not like each other. And um, this could be it. 20, 2016 could be it because we know James has got another year or two left. We don't know what Chad's going to do. And James coming back now, they're in the twilight of their careers. There's no doubt both guys are near the end. They can see it from where they are at. And I just wanted to call you up and bench race about it and talk about it. You know, I think luck is the the best word you can use because in the end it's been so good. It's been so beyond. It's, nothing else is even close. Nothing else is even close. I mean, just put it on paper, uh, you know, at the age you and I are, like Rick Johnson, Jeff Ward, that was a great rivalry. And I remember those days being a kid. And it seemed like week after week, year after year, it was RJ and Ward. But when you really look at it, it was 1987 and 1988, yep. really. Yep. 86, Bailey was there. Ward had a kind of a rough year on the first production, Cowie. 89, RJ got hurt. Stanton came on. Then Bale and Bradshaw. We're really only talking two seasons where you were like, is it going to be RJ? Is it going to be Ward? Stu and Reed, this thing has been going 12-plus <laughs> <going>. years. <laughs> no, it 12, really most has. Most guys don't even race that long, let alone stay at the top and battle each other. And then, as you mentioned, Luck, the gifts that we have been given, where they, I mean, a lot of it is obviously they're competitive guys and they're fast and they're going for it, but so much other crap that was just good fortune or bad fortune or good luck or bad luck Mm -hmm. that they'd happen to run into each other or find each other on the track. There will never, ever be anything like it. There never has been, and I guarantee you there never will be. When Chad was running Stu down at Anaheim last year, you know, we came into the season, RV's out, uh, Dunge is a new guy, Kenny Roxon, Eli Tomac. Um, you know, these are all the new kids that are coming up. And then we see old man Reed running down old man Stu, you know, quotations, of course, at old man, um, for the win. I just started thinking, man, look at these two guys. Like, they can't help it. They can't, they can't get away from each other. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly it. They can't get away from each other. For sure, there were times where they definitely didn't like each other. There's no doubt about it. But a lot of it is just that, why do they always say that thing, the racers find each other? It's like you're just out there in the ocean, and you just happen to run into a guy. And for some reason, they've run into each other a million times. And it would be easy if we would just say, well, of course they ran into each other. They were always one and two. But over this 12 no, years it's fan. Been, it's, no, been, it's, it's been, yeah, no, you can't say But it's say not that. always been just because they're the only two best guys. I mean, neither of them have won the Supercross title in over five years now. Mm-hmm. Yet, in, even in that time where they were not battling for the title, they were still giving you two or three races a year where they would randomly run into each other like that. So whether they were the two best guys or not the two best guys but still up there, I mean, yeah. I, you didn't see Dungeons and Villapoto have that even happen once. And, of course, the night that Chad's on, you know, 32, 33-year-old Chad Reed, the night that he's yeah. on, the night that he's charging, he's riding, he's feeling good, yeah. who's the man in front of him? James Stewart. It just yeah. it just was worked out so good. Now, yep. Stu's been off a year, suspended, um, and Chad's switching brands. He's going to a Yamaha. And it's going to happen again at some point, these two. It will. Yep. It will. Yep. They, they will. Because the, the point I make, and not a single person on earth, 
uh, agrees with me. There's two points I make that no one will ever agree with. A, I say two strokes are dead because these manufacturers make four-stroke everything now, and they have no desire to ever make two-stroke motocross bikes when they no longer make two-stroke uh, boats and snowmobiles and chainsaws. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yes, they do the occasional two-stroke of those things, but every single product they make where there weren't four-strokes, there now are four-strokes. So I believe there are engineers in Japan that just said, in Japan that said, no, we do four-stroke everything, now screw that. Yeah. No one agrees with me on that, but I will go to my grave with that theory. Um, my second theory that no one ever agrees with me on is, as riders get older, you would think what they lose is their speed, but they're always consistent. I feel it goes the opposite. The older guys, they still got it sometimes. They just don't have it 17 times in, in 18 weekends. It's mm-hmm. probably the difference of... Sometimes they get out of bed and they just feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Or when they feel like crap, they're just no longer willing to put their balls on the handlebar and win anyway like they did when they were 20. So at Stu and Reed, you don't necessarily get them at each other's throat every weekend. But three or four times a year, I mean, the last year Stuart raced, 14, there were, what, five nights of crazy balls where mm-hmm. no one could touch him. Yeah. It well, wasn't, he was no longer winning every race or the fastest guy every weekend, and neither is Chad. But every once in a while, they hit. And they'll probably hit in the same night at least once. Well, absolutely. But and on, on top of that, we did have three or four years where they were. They brought it every weekend. You know? Well, that's um, when they were younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, yep. So we have that. And then we have, we have the emergence of both of them. And then we have you know, them, them winding down their careers. And, again, they are almost sort of at the same speed where they're winding down. Like, I guess you can make a case that James is a little faster. His moments of brilliance, there's more of them than there are with mm-hmm. the 22. But they're not the same that they are, and like, which is what you said. And yet, but they still have it here and there. And, and, and we're going to see it again. We really are. It, and, and, of course, we joke about this all the time. Stu's highly controversial. Chad is, but he's kind of turned into a people's favorite a little bit. But, why again, you're as an online editor of Racer X Online, there is nothing and, and you could, you could, you people can cry. You could, you could write in your comments. You could hold your breath. You could stamp your feet. There is nothing that gets hits on the website like a yeah. James and Reed story. There's nothing. Yeah, that's the other thing. Not only you know have they had this great these great run-ins with each other, and they've been prolific champions. You know they're on the all-time list and everything. And any way you want to rank them, they're they're, they're two of the all-time greats. But uh, popularity-wise and personality-wise, they're also uh, near the top. Like. There is no one on earth that will ever. You could argue, was Villapoto better? Was Dungey better? Who was better? You know, yeah. you could put Villapoto and Dungey's career and numbers up against these guys, sure. and you could put a reasonable argument either way. Who was a better rider? Mm-hmm. But popularity-wise, it is not even close. You just don't get. Chad is so outspoken, and James is just so spectacular and love hate and controversial and unbelievably great. And then, oh, what a dumb crash! Like. <laughs> There are so many highs and lows with these two. Filippoto and Dungey are essentially the next generation. They don't bring any kind of heat like that. Like you said, they don't want to bring it toward each other. No. Uh, Filippoto, I think, was capable of it, as you know. He could have been very outspoken, very witty. It would have been great, but he chose not to go that route. I don't think Dungey even has that stuff inside. <laughs> One of your more popular stories on RacerX Online was just Chad folding his team, right? Just... Just folding his uh, team. Yeah, yeah, for the year. I think it was the most popular thing we had. And that goes back. <laughs> it was just a press release. It was just a press release, but it was. Yeah, and uh, it happens year after year, man. I think um, 
a press release on him switching to Cowie three years ago. Uh-huh. I think that was like, well, whatever year that would have been, I guess that would have been 2013 when all that was being announced. Yeah. I think in 2013, which is a crap year for Chad riding-wise, I think three of our top ten stories involved him. Right. And, like, two involved Stu, and not a single one of our ten most popular stories that year had Ryan Villapoto's name in it. And he was the champion at the time (laughs) of both outdoors and supercross. And when you so that's th- the point. And when you think yeah. about it like and there is no doubt about we we talked about the Ryans and measured against Stu and, and Chad. Well, there is no doubt that Ricky Carmichael is the better rider uh legacy than the two guys we talked but I would make a case and now Ricky came before the internet a little bit. Uh well before it got popular, you know, before we live in this social media age. But I would um I would argue that he, those two have surpassed RC even as far as uh headlines, bright lights. People clicking. They, they've, yeah. su- they've surpassed I, Ricky. I do agree, but it's a little hard to measure. It because is. Now it you're is. Com- no, you're right. They are, they are still racing. <laughs> He's yeah. no longer racing. No, no. But I know. yes, right now they would get more headlines. However, I think Carmichael also, somewhat like Villapoto or even Dungey, decided I'm taking the high road. Like yep. he didn't. We know, again, behind the scenes, especially in his younger days, Carmichael was a pretty abrasive guy. He was cocky. He wasn't afraid to talk trash. He's a competitor. Good for him. But he pretty much chose that. I'm going to be nice. Yeah. And and politically correct. I mean, well, it's he, easy. He, it's easy to be like that too when you're whooping everyone's ass repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even now, like, when was the last Carmichael interview you've seen where he lights somebody up? Yeah. He he's just chosen not to go that route, and good for him. But Stu and and Reed, uh, they don't they don't care. They just they just tell you what they think, and the fans love it. So yeah, even though they might not have been the two best racers in the last. Five years or so, mm-hmm. they're both really good, and there's no match um, personality-wise. Chad is just—it's rare, I think, in any sport, and lucky to get to a point where you have an athlete that there's no f's given. There's, there's no f's given. <laughs> no, you look no. at the definition. That is Chad Reed. He does not care, and but he's also smart with the media. He drops bombs when he wants to, when he wants to get things out. He knows how to how to work the media as well. You know, well, yeah, usually we're trying to get information that they don't want to get out. It's mm-hmm. rare that you have someone who's really good and, and capable of winning and is popular and says, I like the sound of my own voice. I want to get this out there and, and, and enjoys doing that. So, you know, it's a rare combination to get all this. So and, you're right. We better enjoy it while it lasts with both these guys. And, dude, you can't kill Chad Reed. He's a vampire. He's been written off so many times. And you just can't do it. And I, that's why I would never say, oh, he's done next year. He won't win. No way. I would never say that. No, no, it's just been proven time and time again. I mean, honestly, we could have this exact same podcast. We could have done this exact same podcast in 2011. What? I mean, we didn't know. At that point, Stewart had a, a, a down year. Mm-hmm. The Yamaha wasn't working for him. Reed was basically banished from factory teams and was starting his own team as a privateer in a Honda. Like, there was a good chance yeah. that they were just done. And then, um, and, and then they came back and rammed into each other in Atlanta. <laughs> well, I'll never forget that because we had Stu on the Pulp Show two weeks before. Yeah. And, and Stu said, I like Chad Reed. We're good. We've talked. I would, buy, I would go to Starbucks and buy him a white chocolate mocha. That's what he said. I would go and buy him a white chocolate mocha. Or maybe he just said a hot, white hot chocolate. I don't know. Yeah. And, dude, literally, <laughs> Atlanta happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Last turn, Chad comes in hot, and, mm-hmm. and that was it. It was back on. Like, every, every time they settle down, it's back on. And then... That was the weekend, the next week, where you had to MC the Daytona opener, and 
they weren't they wouldn't ride next to each other. That's right. Yeah, opening ceremonies at Daytona. <laughs> Everybody does sort of little like hot laps in front of the fans and has to park. And I can't remember what the order was. I think Reed came out first. Mm-hmm. So he's parked, and there's like two inches between him and a tough block on one side. Or uh, there's like no, two, two inches, inches between, between all the riders in a tough block, and yeah. there's like five feet between Reed's <laughs> other side, and Stu stuffed himself in those two inches <laughs> I, between the tough block and like Dungey or somebody to just not be next to um, uh, Chad. What was yep. the was that the peak of them two, or was no, it the peak for sure was uh, 2010 Reed on a Cowie? Yeah. Because uh, let's see. Okay, you also have to add to this the brilliance of Larry Brooks, who. I think you and I like Larry, but he is truly one of the all-time villains, I feel, if you ask fans <laughs> right. and message board people and sure. riders that have raced. Sure, them. Darth Larry. Yeah, he's a, he's a WWF bad guy manager. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's Paul Bearer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you like Larry, I like Larry. I, I don't mean to be yeah. talking down on him, but the controversy always followed this dude. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up getting his hands on both Chad and James and both their primes and each other racing each other, both sides of it, yeah. in two consecutive years. Well, Chad wins the title. They're, re- they're trying to re-sign him. Chad's agent asks for way too much. Larry says, I'm not doing that, but if you don't sign the contract by this date, uh, the, the, it's done. The agent proceeds to rip Larry a new one and says he's uh, joking and there's no way and he's going to have Chad Reed. And Larry, what does Larry do on that date? He flies to Florida and signs James Stewart. <laughs> like it's Ooh. it's just the stuff that like you said like wrestling scripts are made out of. Um, yeah, and and then you go to the '09 season, which was by far the most controversial, I think, between two guys battling for a title. We've seen close title fights, yeah, or, or as close, but nothing like the heat that you had between those two. You you know they took off so many times one and two, and Stu had Chad covered. Stu had Chad covered most races. Um, yes, please put that on the record. Like, Stu, probably 80% of the time or 90% of the time, was faster. Yes, but yeah. Stu would make a little bobble. Yep. Uh, or Chad would, you know, tip a cap to Chad. He would gut it out and then put 20 consistent laps down. Um, and Stu would be the rabbit and Chad would be the tortoise. And they would they would get close at the end. Or Chad would win. Um, yeah. Sometimes. But... Um, you know, I think that's where it got a little frustrating. And James was acting. I remember one time asking James, or someone asked James about Chad, and he basically blew him off, like, "Yeah, I don't even know. Like, I got this thing handled." And I'm just like, "Oh, that's not going to go good. That's not going to go well." Well, I'm glad you went there because I think to discuss this topic between the two of them, I feel that James now, unfortunately, he cannot deny it. They've they've been parallel for too long, and he wasn't able to beat down Chad to the point where Chad ever gave up. Like, at this no. point, we don't even know. No. We don't know who would be better, for example. Who's going to do better this year at Supercross? It's anyone's guess, Yeah. right? Yep. There definitely was a time, you know, their early days, when they first raced, Stu had him covered outdoors. I know that Stu, 05, 06, 07, for sure he was never worried about getting beat by Chad in Supercross. Mm-hmm. There was a long, and even 2009, when they battled for the title. I mean, let's be honest, Stu crashes that Anaheim one and then wins, like, what, like seven in a row or something? Yep. I think through all those years, what's that, seven or eight years, and he would say it. He's like, no, we're not a rivalry. Yeah. It's only a rivalry yep. if we go back and forth. We don't go back and forth. I just beat him. <laughs> so, and I remember thinking, why are you saying that? Don't say yeah. that. It's true, but don't say it. <laughs> so I think now, 
whenever they retire, whenever it's all over, or even just at this moment, there's got to be a little disappointment in Stu like, man, I had this guy covered. I told everybody I had him covered. I knew I had him covered. And for whatever reason, the mistakes I made, the crashes I made, the bikes I chose, whatever decisions mm-hmm. I made, damn it, I didn't extinguish that fire. Like, in the end, now we're looked at as equals. And I think in Stu's heart, they're not equals. But they, they, unfortunately, you can't really say that they aren't right now. They both have two 450 Supercross titles, right? Yeah. They both have two. Oh, uh, no. Ch- James has. Oh, no. They both have one 450 motocross title. Right? Yeah, and even wins in Supercross. I think it's 50 to 44. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ch- you have to be careful, though. I, I actually did a lot of stats for them. I was writing a story for an Australian mag, and I did a lot of stats. They were reasonably close in many ways. Um, like, James' win percentage is better, mm-hmm. no surprise. Chad's, like, podium and top five and top ten percentage is better, no surprise. No, yeah, it's insane, uh, right, yeah. Yeah, but um, this would be another argument James could use. It'd be like, well, that's all Supercross. Like, outdoors, Yeah, James is, believe it or not, I believe the third winningest rider outdoors ever in the United States. But if you want to take away yeah, the one, close. but if you want to yeah, take the one, and of course this is all ifs and bench racing, but like take away James's 125 days, James still has them covered, you know. Yeah. One, but it's a lot closer again if you if you if you take away the 125 days, which Chad, yeah. which Chad yeah. only spent one year in the class. Yeah, but they race each other, and James, James, James better, and we're going to get right. into that year right. on the show. But yeah. I guess that's my point. Like, if you're James, you're like, ugh, I sh- this should not even be a question. <laughs> Look at the record book, bitches. Yeah, but it didn't quite work. Like, you're right. It's like, well, yeah, yeah you have to look at 125 outdoors. Uh, but if you know what most people gravitate to, they're going to gravitate to 450 Supercross because that's where the two made their most noise against each other. And they're going to say they both have two titles, 50 wins to 44, but Chad has more podiums. It looks, if you look at just that, it yeah. looks fairly close. Yeah. And I think deep down James Stewart's going to be like, this guy I could be any weekend how did it end up that we're almost equal when you look at the 12-year body of work? Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's what makes these two so fascinating because yes. they just the, the 12 years of going at it. I don't there's no doubt in my mind and and you know you know what I think Wygan. Uh, James Stewart is the best supercross racer to have ever lived. He is the most talented on dirt bike ever. And I'm counting Jeremy McGrath and I'm counting Ricky Carmichael. The things James Stewart has done on a motorcycle, I don't know if they'll ever be done again. The things that I've seen, they're incredible. They're phenomenal. He has yeah. Chad Reed covered, but there's that but, you know. Uh, there is. The, James is like the exploding superstar or the, the shooting star, and Chad Reed is just the steady sun going around, going around, you know. Um, yeah, that's maybe what makes this even a better argument, right, because it's, it gets like the core of what racing is. Like, this is the unsolvable thing. What mm-hmm. is the true essence? Is it Reed being... Not quite as fast, but really fast, but never crashing? Or is it just being faster, but crashing? Like, mm-hmm. you can, you could grab 200 people, and 100 are going to say, no, what Reed did was better. He was really good yeah. and never threw it away. And then someone else say, no, being faster is better. You, be- you can't, I don't know how you answer that question. It really is tortoise and hare. And in the end, they hit the finish line, darn close. Do you, I wonder if they'll ever talk much when it's all over. Uh, you know? I've tried that a few times. I remember at the end of '09, that crazy-ass season, um, I did on the webcast when we interviewed him at the end of Vegas, I just said to Stuart, I'm like, how did this end? Like, are you guys going to find each other in a bar 10 years from now and just have a couple beers and start reminiscing? Because I would think 
when the glory's gone and the fans aren't there, the only thing they're going to have left is each other, right? And the memories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, RJ and Wardy are like best buds now, right? Yeah, no, it's very – if you if you read Motocross Action back in the day, you'd be very upset to see that Wardy and RJ and Wardy and Osho are all bros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I asked James Stewart that then, and he was pretty adamant that that wouldn't be the case. Um, we'll see. They do have this race in Australia together, and I asked Chad about it. He said, you know, if he needs anything or knows, needs to know where to go, I'll, I'll, I'll help him. Um, but then watch them ram into each other again. In the- <laughs> well, it's a, it is a tight confine, no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, and I, like I said, last I talked about James about it, he was like, nope, I have nothing to say to that guy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna take a lot. And when you talked to James after Chad hunted him down, that was not good. He gave Chad props, but he was pissed. Yep. He was pissed. Yeah, it still it still matters. It's funny because it's a race within a race, right? I mean, really, the goal that year is to beat Villapoto and and take his title away. But mm-hmm. somewhere deep inside, it's a race within a race with each other um, for pride. And I still feel a lot of it is because if you're Stu, you're mad. You're extra mad, mad at yourself. It's like losing your car keys. Like, how can I be so stupid <laughs> yeah. to lose my car yeah. keys? Yeah. Well, I feel like he's like I'm the best. I'm, I'm the most talented motorcycle rider that's ever been. I should have never let anybody get to the point where you could even be in a comparison with me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for a few years there, there, there really wasn't. I mean, you uh, go back and watch YouTube clips of 2007. It wasn't even close. Yeah, Stu had yeah. him. Reed yeah. would finish second every week. Yeah, but uh, he left the door open. You know. Bad choices, crashes, whatever, yeah. and Chad being unkillable. Here we are. <laughs> no, yeah, he's, he's a vampire. Um, mm-hmm. Jacksonville 09, too. The the grab that uh, the uh, grab. I remember Brooks calling me. He assaulted, uh, you know, oh, he's been assaulted. Been, we're calling the cops. Oh, <laughs> I saw it like it was so funny. I mean, I remember just watching it, like staring right at it and thinking nothing of it. And then I think on a Tuesday, I'm in the office with Jeff Canfield from the AMA, and he's like, there's a lot of controversy going down, just a lot of controversy going down. And I'm like, what? I'm like, when did this happen? In the pits or something? And he's like, I can't even tell you. I'm like, where are we? He's like, after the race, Chad grabbed James' jersey. And I'm like, what? I saw it. I didn't even flinch. Yeah. I thought nothing of this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was Brooks who, as if these guys needed more gasoline than yeah. the fire. Yeah. Brooks motivated his guys by by drumming up this controversy and hate this guy. Everyone's against you. It's us against the world. Like that was his motivational tactic. So it made it even worse. Yeah, yeah, it really was. What what do you think was the worst incident between them? Uh, well, like I said before, I think the peak was actually Phoenix 2010. So the so yeah, they swapped teams. They swapped the Yamaha Sam Manuel team. The 09 season is ridiculously controversial. Stu basically breaks his wrist in the heat race, still races the main. Chad's all jacked up already, sick with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Now he's not working for him. And then, of course, what happens? They come together in the main. Yeah, totally incidental. And then James's handlebars land on Reed's hand and breaks his hand. And, and I, did you remember that Reed actually technically got suspended from this? Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. It, it, suspension because Chad was. pushed him off. Yes. Pushed him off the get get away from me or whatever. Yeah. So he was suspended and fined, which has a rider ever been suspended, as far as you remember, besides like J-Law for like completely different off-the-track stuff? Well, no, I think J-Law got suspended for he blew Hepler off his bike, didn't he? Did he? I, I he thought got suspended so. for an on-track thing? I thought so. Maybe not. Oh. He, he absolutely uh, yeah. tor- torpedoed poor Brock Hepler. 
This was this was right before Brock Kepler got torpedoed by Millsaps, yeah. who had his throttle stick or something on a Honda. <laughs> yeah, and Hepler and uh, J-Law were on Yamahas together like, yep. a few years earlier, and they were, like, fine with each other. Like, I, mean, I remember Hepler just being like, what? Yeah. Like, we were... We used to ride the test track. Like, there's no issues. Like, yeah. Um, Reed got suspended, but then he got hurt, so he wasn't going to race the next week anyway. I thought they, they over- did the suspension. Yeah, I thought they, they overturned overturn that. It. Yeah, they thought they overturned it or something. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know if it got overturned quickly. He didn't show up the race the next weekend because he was hurt. I don't yeah. know if they overturned yeah. it. But anyway, after that shove, Stu went back to the pits to fight, I guess. Yep. Or- and the Cowie truck was empty. So he kicked the bikes over, I think, didn't he? he? Yeah, he kicked... He threw. I know. I know that they were denying that he was there, but oh. yet he left his Oakley JS7 goggles in the pits. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, he, James, yeah, James kicked the bike over or somebody's bike over, I think. And yeah. then they said, "What are you doing? Like, what are you?" And, he, and I don't know if James said this or the, or the family or the team. The someone was like, "What are you talking about? That wasn't James." And they're like, "Well, we found his JS7 Oakleys lying on the ground." <laughs> Literally at the scene of the crime. Oh God! The only fingerprint right. that a guy with gloves on could leave. He left his goggles. <laughs> left his signature JS7 goggles. <laughs> They're gonna have to take in Paggio, whoever is doing the goggles at the time, and be like, "What type of laminate roll-off system, tear-off system yeah. you use? Are these his? Are these the different riders? <laughs> this is our evidence." Um, yeah, God. that yeah, that was that was pretty good after the race. Yeah, absolutely, because they were pissed about Chad shoving them or whatever. And Chad was saying, "I was just trying to get the guy off me." It did look a little out of the ordinary trying to get it off me though <laughs> yeah yeah, but, but. yeah i know yeah he was like oh I, my hand was hurt that's why i yeah, yeah. that way yeah but um remember at that point you had let's see so james had gone to chad's old yamaha team and then at this point chad is now on kawasaki which james is, is, which is james's old team yeah <laughs> yeah and they weren't you know that that was the mike fisher years they were fisher was never really one to pull punches well, no. You can ask him about James Stewart. He did not like James Stewart. And, like, and, I'm sure there was some trash talk. And it. Stu did not like fish. They, well, no. I remember I was in the truck a lot that year because I was buddies with Red Dog. And yep. James was going undefeated. And they were mis- everyone was miserable. No one talked yep. much. It yep. wasn't like a party time or anything else. And James was whooping everybody. James knew he was out because of the monster thing that was coming in. And he loves Red Bull. And Fish didn't like James and the entourage and the, and the family. And it was, uh, it was way tenser than a team that was undefeated in the outdoors should have been. Yeah, so you're talking only, this is the, that's the end of 2008. Eight, yep. I'm sure late months of 2009, a little over a year later when Reed signs. Can you imagine that there's probably some James Stewart trash talk behind his back going on hey chad when james is here he used to do this mm-hmm. hey chad when james i guarantee you <laughs> that was going on and i do remember in the off season leading into 10 uh i asked james if he wanted to do i was doing a story on because reed and villapoto were going to end up as teammates and everybody's like how is this going to work and i was like oh you know what who would know the dynamics of all this better than james stewart he rode there he knows chad and i was like hey you want to weigh in on this um, they've kind of replaced you with these two guys. They're mm-hmm. they're almost your replacement. And he just texted back and he said, "My mom said if you don't have anything good to say about anybody, don't say anything at all." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so that's where James is with Cowie and Chad, and now that now they're on the team, and then they run into each other, and he shoves them, and then James goes to his pits. I feel like that was the the uh, the prime 
moment right there. Uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Jason Wygant and myself uh, reminiscing about Stu and Chad maybe going into their final year. Uh, take a listen to this commercial from Racetech. Use the code PulpMX15 uh, to save yourself money at Racetech when you check out. And, uh, again, use the code PulpMX when you're checking out at BTOsports.com to save money. Listen to this commercial. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension at Everyday Racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... Eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. And we're back, BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast, Stu Reed Pod uh, with Jason Wygant. Um, let me ask you this, Weege. Do you think that this is Chad's last year. Do you think 2016 is our last chance to see these two go at it? Uh, no, I'm definitely not going to say that now because I think they both have said that they're in for more than one year. So for me to then say they're only in for one year would make me a hater and a doubter and all that, right? So if they said they're in for more than one, I better not disagree. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I believe Chad has said two, two more years of Supercross at least, right? Uh, nah, he hasn't told me that. He said one year for sure. He thinks he can do two or whatever. I think as oh, long okay. as he can make money, he'll do it, you know? No, I see. Uh, uh, and James has signed with Suzuki for two more, right? He's in. So that's, that's yeah. for sure. Um, uh, it's, it's so hard to predict. It's like anything else with, uh, with any of these guys. I mean, I'm just listening to your, um, your uh, Ian Harrison podcast about Albertine, and it's the same story you get over and over with them. I mean, Albertine had a good paycheck coming in 2001 and chose to retire and not take it. These guys know when they're competitive and when they're not. If they both have crap years, they're not going to come back to get 10th next time around or beat themselves up, crash ton. So you can't predict it until you see them actually race this year. Would you say if we had a popularity pie, that who would get the bigger percentage of fans? Who do you think would have the bigger percentage of fans, Chad or James? That's a great question because I, I think know. there's almost two. I think there's almost two answers within the <clears throat> within the hallways of the the people that would listen to this podcast and really follow the sport closely. I, I think more people like Reed. Um, I would agree. Yeah, and I think it's it's not all on James. What's funny is. I feel like one of the things that really hurt James. Well, that's right. Besides some other you're, topics, you're, you're getting to what I was leading to. So yeah. Well, perfect. there's a top. Okay, if you want to go there, you can go there. That's fine. I was actually going to say something else. There's an obvious one. Obvious. Just look at them. Uh, to why I think some people give James uh, a little unfair treatment. 
But the other thing is, James had to go against Carmichael when Carmichael was at his most loved. I mean, Carmichael had the fans so wrapped around his fingers. Yeah. All James was really trying to do was just beat the guy who was champ, beat the best guy. That's mm-hmm. all he was trying to do. But I feel like, you know, I was at the races in 2002, 3, and 4 when Stu was the young guy in the 125. There was no hate. He was awesome. Everybody loved him. It only started becoming bad when he started battling Carmichael. And to me, that's when everything changed. So I feel like Stewart's rep forever got stained in a way because he was beating the, the GOAT, the people's champ, the there goes my hero. Like, that's who he was battling. And, yes, he did make some dumb mistakes. Yes, he landed on him here and there. But, hey, if we want to review the history of Reed and Stu, okay, that Atlanta 2011. I mean, that was... dude went around the outside of a corner. Reed was <laughs> the one that ran it in on him. Yeah. There was a time in St. Louis, 2007, Reed was the one that ran it in on him. Reed, Reed's run it in on Stu a lot. But I feel like if you quizzed people, they'd be like, James rides dirty. He lands on people. He crashes into people. Chad's safe. Chad's smooth. Um, I think a lot of James now carries a rep, which maybe clouds a little bit of how he's actually raced. Yeah, he's done some crazy, dumb, dangerous yeah. things. I'm not denying that. But I don't think it's quite as one-sided, you know, Chad is always the nice guy, and James is always the out-of-control guy, as much as people probably think. Okay, so here's where I want to go with this. So you said that people who listen to this podcast and would think that James, the Chad is more popular than Chad Reed as far as that goes. But in the real world... Yeah, Chad is more popular than James, because I think a yeah, lot of people so. are mad at James for landing on Ricky or beating Ricky or taking dudes out or, or landing on JT or whoever. But were you going to say that for people who don't listen to podcasts, don't follow a sport, that just buy the $35 ticket Supercross yeah. race that James is, has Chad covered? He's, he's a bigger name? Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's still one of the biggest names the sport has ever had. Yeah. And I think on the inside, do you agree with this or not? I think for those of us on the inside, 2002, say, when James hits the scene, what we knew what we had on our hands, and I say we, like, collectively the sport – I don't believe he delivered to the to the to the heights that we thought he would. Mainstream wise, no, no I, I would agree. Yeah, right. So it almost makes us again clouded to think like, ah, he's not really that popular. But I think when you look around, he did. A, he he ended up being pretty damn popular. Well, I, I think I've said this. Uh, I said this to some people in charge, and they looked at me with a with a crooked eye. I absolutely believe the 2015 Supercross series at the races themselves were hurt by James Stewart not being there. And I was, yeah, yeah. I was met. I've, I've said that to a few people, and a few people have told me I'm an idiot. But he brings excitement, man. He brings excitement from the casual fan that shows up and on a Saturday night and doesn't much care about the Supercross series outside of that one Saturday night. Yeah, it was a special set of circumstances. Like James has missed a lot of races um, through his time, you know. And you can't, you know, find like okay, the instant he broke his wrist, the attendance dropped, or the instant he tore his ACL, the attendance dropped, or whatever. But I think there's a difference between. This dude suspended. You won't see him for sure. He's out. Yeah. You know, there was yeah. no controversy. This is what, November or something yeah. or December? Yeah. And also, by the way, Villapota didn't race, too. I think it was a little early. Guys like Tomac and Roxon, again, to us, they're stars. They're great mm-hmm. riders. But it takes a little while, I think, for the casual fan to even catch on to that. Yeah, I think it made a difference. I don't know how much was Stu, how much was Villapoto, how much was the way Stu was like, yeah, he's not going to heal up from this. Yeah. He's yeah. out. You know, every, pretty much every top rider at least is at Anaheim 1, and people are pumped. It's, it's rare that you have a situation where a month or two before it, 
yeah, this guy will not be there. Yeah, yeah, one of the greatest ever will not be there. Um, yeah, so it really hurt. I th- I believe it did. Now talking about the popularity pie, uh, yeah. how much did Chad's relationship with the media, and I think James's uh, relationships with the media, help or hurt these guys? And because I, I, I I mean I, James is not media friendly. When you get him talking, he's great. He's a nice guy. He does just doesn't do a lot of stuff. And he and he and he admits that and it's the way he wants to handle it and I get it. Chad on the other hand will pretty much talk to anyone. Uh the Trey Kennard incident last year. Um you know the team told you that he's not talking. Then you dropped the little thing about well uh you know Trey said this and Chad was like, "Okay, here I go." Uh how much yeah. has that shaped the James's PR strategy, quote unquote, Chad's PR strategy media-wise? How much do you think that shaped things? Yeah, I think it's made a huge difference, and that's maybe why there is a difference, you know, in the walls of <clears throat> people who follow the sport closely. Yeah, you know, I think even the the pretty hardcore fan uh, also knows that uh, you know what you get with James sometimes he just goes into hiding and doesn't talk. I think yeah. I, you don't have to be just in the media or have yeah. worked for his team. Like, have you ever have you ever run across media guys, and I have, who are just like, dude, I've never interviewed James Stewart. I've never talked to him. I can't talk. To, I don't know how to talk to him. I don't know where he is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I think so. Right. It, uh, it, what happens, unfortunately, is then it builds upon itself. Because uh, I think in his early years, yeah, they, who, I don't even know what was going on. Like 2005 made no sense. He was just in hiding. When he was J-Mac? Yeah, when he's J-Mac, yes. <laughs> Beaker. He's J-Mac at Southwick. <laughs> Beaker. J-Mac. <laughs> Beaker claims it was David Evans who was, uh, yeah. who was agent. I like everybody bl- points at everybody else. I like blaming Beaker for that and Bradshaw. So. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, Stu, things were going so bad, they even changed his nickname. Yeah, he was no longer Bubba. He was J-Mac. No one remembers it. I think it was one weekend. He was J-Mac. Because his middle name is Mac. So he was J-Mac. So, yeah, he was in hiding. This poor guy who I think committed suicide. I think he's dead. Um, the Cali PR guy at the time. He has to come to the press conference every week explaining why James rode 15 minutes in the first moto and pulled out. Yeah. Um, and then won't talk. Um, <clears throat> anyway... Now, th- there have been times where James is actually pretty good, but it seems like, wow, I can't believe it. James is actually talking after he, something controversial. He's Yeah, he's he's changed the last year or two, but unfortunately, I think people still remember the old James that didn't necessarily come out of his gopher hole to talk. You know? Yeah, so they're intimidated by it. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. They're like, well, I, it's probably, I mean, he, let me guess, he probably doesn't want to talk, or I don't want to go near the guy. And right, right. You and I, yeah. you and I, I think we have good relationships with both of them. Obviously, I'm probably tighter with Chad. Uh, but I was a teammate at Yamaha or whatever, so we talk a little bit of text and this and that. But um, officially-wise, uh, I'm pretty good with both of them. Yeah, but you, you have to admit, now, I'm not going to brag at all and say, like, I got these guys, like, dialed. Like, James is always an elusive character. Like, always, better, always. Yep. You get him, he's just, oh, it's just, it's, whatever the standard protocol is for everyone else, it just isn't with him. Yeah. But how, yeah, so, yeah, so that's, that's hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'll never figure out exactly what the, the deal is with that. I mean, there's much bigger stories than involving us two jerkies. I mean, you can talk to the Feld people about, you know, oh, they yeah. knew what they had in their hands, too, about real mainstream, huge press, huge things they had that James blew off. And I don't know why or what the problem was, yeah. but yeah. Right. James right. blowing off media and, and public appearances, there's, there's just a litany of these stories. And But uh, then again, too, Chad hasn't been perfect either. But he nope. really... After Carmichael, he embraced this 
old guy just trying to my best, got an own team thing, and run with it. And it's worked. Yeah, and I think um, what what we found out is, hey, when you run your own team, yeah, <laughs> suddenly all these things that your team manager and your bosses were telling you had to do and right. you said, screw that, <laughs> suddenly they're really important. <laughs> Remember when we saw? Remember when we saw him wandering Dodger Stadium parking lot? We just like what that? We just like ah, oh, it's over. It's over for him. He's actually wandering around, wanting to talk to us. He was, I think, yeah. He was left out. I mean, it was the beginning of the year. He was getting fourth and fifth and sixth. He wasn't on the podium. Yeah, and he came back from the dead about nine times since then. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, he he figured it out. Um, it's a real shame, by the way, Dungy this year. Dungy's definitely gotten better, right? Yeah, it's yeah. This type of thing. Yeah, been on your show. He's been good. He's been good with it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. yeah. He called me buddy. He did. Um, I got Chase Stallo. Needed to do a uh, racer uh, mag story on Dungy uh, just this week. Hit him up. I think talked to him that day for like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, wow, Dungy's really on it. I believe there is a certain age that the riders start to understand mm-hmm. the media thing mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's the beauty of Stewart and Reed that they just didn't quit. Like they keep on racing well into that. <laughs> right. I mean, right. you've said it over and over. Was 24 year old Chad Reed better than anybody else when it came to this stuff? Yeah. No. 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 He's terrible. When I, I was on his team and he was telling people, I, you know, run that way and tell them I'm going that way so I can leave this way and not talk to anybody. You know, like <laughs> that's literally what go. he would do. So there you go. Right. So. We're lucky that we also got Chad, you know, as a top racer from, say, that age 28 to 34 range or something right. that we're going to get. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think people thought Villeman was, you know, an awesome guy to talk to, quotable, whatever, when he was 20. Now look at the guy. Like, people love hearing from Villeman. Yeah. Um, so Dunge will probably be, end up being better than we realize he is now. And the real tragedy, by the way, is that Villapoto <laughs> is checking out yeah. just around the time when he probably would have started to get this although he may have just insulted people we may never actually never get to the bottom of it. like he would have just if he opened up it might have just been one big insult after one another so. yeah but <laughs> hey that's love hate i mean no i know yeah yeah. people would have okay not everybody loves stewart or reed or whoever villapoto is racing if they heard him talk trash on them there'd be a lot of people that would have thought it was awesome um and he never got to that say 28 year old range where you need to be to get see like yeah mm. yeah i mean put out just enough not too crazy, but just enough to get people on my side. I right. mean, Chad has become the master of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and controlling the message, too. He's realized that he can use jerkies like me to control a message. The yeah. the camera gate last year, you know, uh, MX Sports mm-hmm. uh, GoPro yep. camera gate, he knew what he was doing, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah it's old tricks to him now. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to have to drum it up. <laughs> exactly. Stir it up. Like right. Stir do. it up. How much... Do do these guys get into their rivalry and get into as heated confrontations as they have over the years if James Stewart doesn't wave Chad Reed by at Unadilla in 02? We have to talk about that because it's awesome and crazy. I don't think it had any effect long term. I think it's just the you way You don't think that are. still sticks with no. Chad Reed? No, because I think what it really comes down to, they're just competitive SOBs, and they happen to be around the same age and coming through at the same time, so they had to go through each other to win races. So that would have happened uh, regardless. Right, yeah, they're, they're, but, they're just that good, yeah. right, right. But, yeah, okay, I think but, most of the problems that Reed Howard's do is that, crap, this is the guy that's freaking, i got to beat every weekend. That's the, main, that's the main genesis of all this. 
that's that. But let's talk about that Unadilla thing. It was one of the crazier things ever on a racetrack. It really was. It was people. I remember uh, I was a mechanic then, so I wasn't watching. People were like, he waved him by, and I'm like, what? what? Yeah, he waved him by. Pretty sure he waved him by. He took his hand off the bars and everything. I'm like, what? It was an ultimate kind of fu on a guy on a 125 two-stroke versus the four-stroke, which at that yeah. time we didn't know 100% how much better the four-strokes were, but we had an idea they were pretty good. It was a weird situation because Reed would keep saying that the four-stroke wasn't an advantage. Yeah. He was, yeah. I remember going into that year, it's like Chad Reed finished second in the 250-class 250, 250 Grand Prix the year before, and he's on a YZ250F. He's the favorite. Well... Couple races in, we all find out that James Stewart is just as maybe unbelievable or even more, even better than everyone thought he'd be. Mm-hmm. No one's going to beat him, 125 or not. I mean, he's yeah. the fastest 125 rider yeah. of all time. Yeah, he, <clears throat> At some point, Chad made the mistake, I think, of saying in an interview, well, if I could just start with him. And oh, that's all James needed. <laughs> so, yeah, he slowed down to let him pass him to say, nope, doesn't matter if you start with me, I will just pull away from you. Yeah. Um, but the hidden footnote, by the way, of that is, I remember watching that on TV and David Bailey said, you do something like that, that guy will never beat you again. You just own him for life. Well, the very next Race. weekend was Millville, and Reed won the first moto. Yeah, yeah, beat him. Yeah, he, That's just the unbelievable stubbornness. Right, yeah, the thing that you can never count the dude out with. The guy from Australia. You just can't, can't, can't count him out. No, no. Hey, I got another one. I remember some year... 06, 07, 08, something like that. Some drunken night in some Supercross city, I don't even know. And me and uh, Beaker, who is the gear guy for somehow, God, Beaker needs to write a damn book about this. <laughs> I'm, we're doing a podcast. We're actually doing a podcast. No. Yes, we are. Yeah. He won't, he won't put this stuff No, out. he probably won't, but we'll talk about it a little bit. I'll try to get out of him. Beaker is the longtime, what, Fox and Thor gear guy? Thor gear guy forever. Uh, Chad Reed's best man at his wedding. Wow. Leaves really? Parts Unlimited. For Fox, for to work for James Stewart because Carmichael had Scott Taylor, so yeah. Beaker was James Stewart's guy. Now he was couldn't talk to Chad Reed anymore, who he had been in a wedding with. It was, Jeez. yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't even I didn't realize it was quite that direct. I didn't yeah, even, <laughs> the best man in the wedding. So one year, I guess this is in the Fox years for Beaker, and Beaker still works for Fox to this day. Um, yeah, some drunken night, and Beaker and I share a cab or something at the airport. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, he's like, yeah, James and Big James, everybody everybody knows if we can just, I think it might have even been we, if we can just beat down Chad a few more times, he'll give up, and there's no one on the horizon, and then it's just going to be on for, like, you know, forever. Forever, really right, start, right. Start chasing the records. And at that time, that seemed fairly reasonable. It's like, okay, Ricky Rose's competition, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Chad's been getting beat pretty bad here, 2007-ish. If if he can get just get Chad to give up and realize he's never going to get this done, we own this. And it seemed realistic at the time. Like, sure. yeah, maybe Reed's yeah. just going to say, no, I, can't, because I can't beat. Around that era, it was James was the better guy. He was doing better. He really yeah. was. And it just goes back to the ridiculous, you cannot make Chad Reed give up. No. They could not make him give up. No. They thought they had him to the point where he would start giving up. Yeah. And then, you know, I think when James uh, when James hurt his knee, was that was that Cowie or was that Yamaha? That was Cowie. That was 08. That was Cowie yeah, he was 08. defending champ. Yeah. It, it, that was valuable momentum. I feel like that's, that, that, was a, that was an opening. 
for yeah. Chad to get it back a little bit. Although Chad yep. went through his own struggles, you know, in 2010 now on the Honda. Yeah. When he first started. But what yeah, was James uh, doing in 2010? Was he on the JDR bike? No, he came back, but that was the first year of the um, the new Yamaha. Okay, so and then he got hurt almost immediately. He did win Anaheim one. It was like close with him and Dunge. Reed was on the Cowie and way off the back. They actually broke the bike in the first. Oh race, yeah, so. no, 2010 was yeah. yeah okay so uh, yeah so Stu no no so I'm, I'm sorry I'm talking 2011 yeah. when Chad was on the Honda struggling 2011 production Honda yeah uh, Stu was on JGR right no he was still with uh, Brooks's team that okay but, all right you know it was. Right. The year before that new Yamaha came out, but he barely rode it. He rode like three races. Yeah. So I think it was 2011 when it started to sink in that, hey, this new reversed-engine Yamaha. Yeah, yeah, okay. There might be some problems here. Right, right. So he could never quite get it together. Yeah, so he couldn't. That's my point. It's like losing the car keys. It's like, damn it, I can't. Yeah. No, from ACL, <laughs> this happened, that happened. I can't quite finish the job. Yeah, exactly. Every time I try to get on momentum, and then Reed's just plugging along. Yeah. You know, and we're all writing him off, and he's just plugging along and then getting a factory bike and winning races and, and squeaking out these wins and, and you know, figuring it out along yep. the way. And, and, then, and then there's Stu just there. And now, yeah, Stu, and now Stu's been it? off for a year. Well, yeah. I, I, we're going to get into this, too. Like, what do they have left? How bizarre is it? I have to use my dad as a uh, excellent – my dad is an excellent uh, yardstick to use in a lot of these situations. Like, he – he follows it only because I'm involved. It's a very unbiased, like, he doesn't yeah. care about who wins or whatever. It's right. Just like, it's, so, it's almost like an outsider's perspective. Um, so for years, he'd always be like, why does Reed always say in the interviews, he always acts like he's at Carmichael and Stewart's level, but he never actually is. And I'm like, well, well <laughs> I, I see your point. Right, right. Then, you know, these more latter years, my dad would say he's like, I can't believe, like, I would have never thought years ago when I was saying that about Reed, like, he somehow is almost as fast as James now, and sometimes he actually beats him. Like, that's yeah. crazy. How did, yeah. I got to give him credit. Like, how did he do, you would have never thought that it was, if it was going to trend in one direction, you never thought it would trend the direction to get closer. No, 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 absolutely not. And, uh, you know, what did James win his last year? Five races? Four races? How many years? Did, how many races did he win uh, in 14? I think 14? five in 14. 14 was a real... You know, he didn't get the title. Yeah. He had some yeah. typical James bad moments, but he was uh, as close probably as we had seen to his prime in a, in a long time. It was almost a comeback year, I felt. Yeah, no, he's kind of got it back a little bit. and and But then now this year, but again, the car keys, he's off for a year. <laughs> so, you know, like like he's, he's back, he's coming back. Uh, he was winning the outdoors, right? Am I missing my year? And then he crashed? Uh, Oh, we switched to Suzuki. That's right. That was 12. He finally gets off the Yamaha. Yeah. You know, there was still the hint of maybe all Villapoto's success, all Dungey's success, all Reed's success. Maybe it's all just because Stewart was on this Yamaha. Wins maybe the that's first, all it was. Wins the first four motos of the Nationals. Yep. And you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> that was close. Maybe he was Dunge, right. Dunge was on him, but it was close. But still, yeah. he won. Um, and then he hits the photographer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, photographer runs across the track. So standard James Stewart. Yeah. You could never, again, line up 200 people. 100 are going to say that had nothing to do with it, and 100 are going to say he got totally robbed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, when I say that, I'm, I'm saying it like a god, like whatever. You know what I mean? Just something yeah. happens. And we'll then, never know. you know, James comes back the next year. Yeah, he's off the pace a little bit. Comes out at high point, 1-1, right? It's on. It's on. It's on. Yep. Stu's back. 
Uh, that next week, the positive test comes out, and James' <laughs> whole season falls apart. The car keys are gone again. Yes. Could, can't get it going. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, it, there's just got to be – I think at this point he's smart enough to not – it just sounds like sour grapes if you're going to complain about injuries or bikes or suspensions. I mean, a lot of that you bring on yourself, so I don't think he's going to go there. But I've got to think deep down inside, he's just like, damn it. Damn it. I had this. And this effing 22 guy is still there. He's just not going away. Right. I didn't make, you know, Yamaha make this weirdo bike. You know, I didn't know that was coming. I was on the year before. Yeah. The photographer across the track, uh, all these things. Yeah. the the positive test, which I mean, again, you know, that's his fault. You know, he he didn't yep. read the thing, but you know, it it is a bit of a technicality. That, that, yeah. that, don't get me wrong, people, don't freak out. He did it. He's guilty. But yeah. to, to get that suspension is just come on. You know, I mean, we we've talked we talked hours about that, but yeah. Um, so it's just there goes the car keys again. And, yeah, and, oh, and, I had it. I had it. Yeah, one one. Uh, Roxon, you know who would go on to be. 450 champ, you know, in 2014. That day at High Point, they challenged him. You know, Kennard, Dungey, Roxon all took shots at him. And it was like every time they rolled up on Stewie, just wicked it up a little bit. Like, nope. Yeah. Nope. I yeah. got you guys. Right. And it was like, oh, shit. He's got it figured <laughs> out. And then, like you said, actually, I remember it was that weekend that the word had got out that somebody was getting suspended. Little yeah. did he know. Yeah. That it was a right. guy that was going 1-1 one, one in yeah. the 450 class. Oh, man. Jeez. Good times with those two. It's and, and we're in for it again. We're in for 2016. I mean, they're going to meet each other again, uh, you know, and we'll see if James can get back to five race five race winning uh, speed. You know, I don't know. A year off, man. Uh, sport doesn't stop. You know, we talk about David Millsaps missing a year, and, and, and it doesn't stop for these people. Now, if anybody can do it, maybe it's Stu. But, you know, and then Chad. Chad won a race last year. Now he's on a Yamaha. He's excited. You know, happy, and ah, oh, dude, it's gonna be good again. <laughs> what do you What do you think on the the stew year off? Do Do we assume? I, I I think when he first got suspended, and he wasn't there at Anaheim, and I felt like there definitely was a less hype at least. I feel like at that time it was like, all right, when he comes back, we've seen the reaction. The fans really felt he was wronged. A lot of people, I think, he really. We're like, oh, man, Anaheim won 2016. He's going to be a hero. He's going to be cheered so much. It's going to be on. I feel now that more time has passed. It's been a little more tempered. Maybe the crowd reaction will be good. But I think everyone is now kind of on the fence of, but will he ride good? Will he still – I mean, can we take for granted that he's going to be good again? Do uh, we know? Well, I, we don't know. And I'll give people a little hint of my feelings for the upcoming 2016 Supercross preview podcast slash video shows. Are we doing those video shows again? I don't know, but yeah, we're, we'll do. Um, they were very popular. Yeah, I, I think he does. I I just, you know me though. I'm blinded by by yellow talent. You know, the raining yellow. You know, I'm blinded a bit for sure. Okay, but I think he does. I think he comes back. I don't think. No way does he win the Supercross title, but he wins races, and he makes it exciting again, and we're all happy. I really, I really think that. I really think he's, I think he's gonna, you know, come back and not really miss a beat. Uh, I, I mean, it's definitely, definitely in the realm of possibility, and um, plus, you're still in a bit of a, a transitional state. <clears throat> um, Villapoto's gone, and although Dungey is surely the 2015 Dungey, who Stewart did not race, 
is better than the previous year's dungeon. I mean, he's definitely better. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have to think that there's a hint of Stu that's like, so Dungey's the champ, huh? <laughs> well, I know I can beat that guy. Yeah, exactly. Let's just say Villapoto had won five in a row and was yeah. still there. Right. Or if what we thought was going to happen happened, let's say Ken Roxon just absolutely killed everybody last year. You know, yeah. if you're yeah. still, you're like, man, I don't know. This guy's 21 years old and I'm 30 and, you know, I beat him a few times, but he was a rookie. Is Stu 30 now? Yeah, well, I think he will be 30 in December, so he'll be 30 at Anaheim. You know? Where has the time gone? Stu's 30. Yeah. So I would wonder if, you know, if he had to, if Filippoto was just going like a machine still, be like, oh, man, that's going to be a tough mountain to climb, or if Roxanne was just next level. Now, Dungey might be just as good as either of those two guys would have been, but yeah. i got to think if you're Stu, you convince no. yourself of, oh, Dunge? And there, there's questions about Kenny. There's questions about Eli. There's no doubt. There are. Yeah. So yeah. in some ways, the door is a little more open than maybe it could have been. That's all we need. For Stu to that's make all, That's all we need. To make it rain. That's all we need. That door opened a little uh, bit. Just a little bit. I just yeah. think he's such a phenomenal talent on a motorcycle that the year off does not hurt him. I just I just do. He's just that good. You know. But having said that, he's not gonna win a supercross title. He will just win races, he'll make mistakes in the other ones, and it'll always be all all eyes on Stu, you know, the whole time. And will the twenty two be there? Of course. Of course he will. He'll be on the podium, he'll probably win some races. And they'll continue on into the sunset, these two. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And, I, again, we said that five years ago. I can't believe we're still here saying it again. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's great. Great times for those two. They've, they've, they've given us a lot. We should get them a fruit basket when they're done. We should get them something. <laughs> I do feel that we owe them something. I mean, we have taken a lot. I mean, for for us on the media side, fans, oh. whatever. I mean, it's been yeah. an enjoyable ride. We, oh. we we need to give them something. Do we make them like a porcelain doll or something? What do we do? Do we give them a statue of each other? <laughs> <laughs> Running into each other? Yeah, exactly. Maybe what we do is we create this. The, we get two statues of them, one each, and then we melt them so that they become one. <laughs> it's just some sort of giant mess of... Of that's, wax or something. Whether, that's what it's going to take yeah. to take down Dungey. You know we'll have to combine our forces. <laughs> you know the movie The Thing? You probably don't remember the movie The Thing. No, of course it, not. Because it wasn't based Stephen on anything King. real, right? But yeah. King, we'll have like yeah. a thing with James and Chad together and all the colors of the brands they've ridden for in there as well. Yeah, that only makes things even crazier, right? Like that they've had, they've ripped through almost every team at this point. If you're KTM, you're pissed. You want a piece of Stu and Reed. Yeah, never. <laughs> never got him. No. You got pretty much everybody else at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, you've never had, you've never had Stu or, or Reed on your, on your, on your manufacturer, on your bike. Hey, I got a great joke we have to circulate all year long now. If, if indeed Reed goes full circle and goes back to Yamaha, we have to pound the drum all year at the Kawasaki rig. Are you guys going to go full circle? Are you going to do it? <laughs> get them. Do come back. Get them back. Bring them home. Get them back. Bring them home. The farewell tour yep. the right way. Bring them home. Make them come home, and we'll get banners, and we'll bring it back. Yeah, I like it. Oh, they will love it. <laughs> they will. They will be very excited about that. I don't even know. Is there anybody even over there that was really there? I mean, Mike Williams Mike, was his mechanic. Yeah, yeah Mikey. Still there. Uh, Is that about nah, it, though? No, nah, Rude's still there. Kurt Rude. Okay. Um, Wiggles. Okay. Was Wiggles was there? Yeah, Rick, obviously. I think Wiggles oh, okay, was so they'd get a good laugh. Yeah, no, they'd get, they'd, a, nah, they'd, they'd get a laugh for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Bruce. 
Sternstrom. He was oh, the whole thing. What I mean, am I saying? If there's anybody who would get a laugh out of it, it would be Bruce Sternstrom. <laughs> yes, he was the team manager. He's now the team manager again. Well, or team, yeah, team racing, boss, whatever, right, it is, yeah. racing director or whatever. So, yeah, say he's a team manager. Oh, Maybe man, I'll. Uh, oh, we got to run this. You know what? Maybe when I hang up, I'll text Stu and Reed uh, on a group text, and I'll say, "Hey guys." Uh, just uh, want to maybe see about getting you both on the show to talk about your careers together. Just, just start a group text with the two of them. This would be hilarious because you have to wonder, if you did it, would the phone number pop up with the guy's name or just a number? Do they have the numbers? They don't have the numbers. No way. No, no way. Come on, man. They talked but one you time. Know, no, their they... numbers haven't changed. I, it's amazing to me. Their numbers haven't changed in years. You got, you got a good point. You're right. Yeah, neither guy's changed their number, and you think it was as popular as they have. Tim Ferry's changed his number 14 times, and he's nobody. Um, <laughs> yeah, you would think, yeah, some crazy fan yeah. sponsor or something. Yeah, you got a good You know what? They did talk. Because, Come on. Yeah, Chad was going to hire Stu. That was a rumor? That's right. Yeah. Chad reached out to Stu at some point and said, hey, man, uh, if you if you got nothing, like, I can put something together for you or something like that. Oh, my God. So they Maybe do. that's how it ends. Maybe. On Cowie. <laughs> <laughs> or fantastic. on Yamaha, actually. Yeah, that's fantastic. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just teammates with Mookie as a support rider. <laughs> yes. Maybe Burner. Burner doing some development again. <laughs> yeah. Burner worked closely. Or Red. Yeah. Burner and Red yeah. were closely. No, if you think Stu. about it, Tim Ferry has, has spanned both of them. He's been teammates to both of them. So <laughs> that could He's work. man. Actually, he was only brought on to test the bike for Stu. Oh, yes, yes, of course. According to one journalist in the sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who could forget that? He's just, and then he, him telling you I'm more than a test rider as he sits on a podium. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, it, was, uh, it didn't go over well. Him telling me, yes, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Timmy. Um, yeah, we could do that. We could bring back Red as a teammate. Yeah, it'd be great. Old times yep. would be there. Um, all right. BTOsports.com, RaceRx podcast, presented by Fox Racing, Jason Wygant, the uh, – Stu Reed pod. We didn't get JT. He's somewhere in Brazil, but I'm telling you, he wouldn't have been good on this anyways. He's too biased. He's too biased. JT's a professional. He, I think he could check his no, he, best no. friends of one dude and got landed on by the other dude <laughs> feeling out the door. I don't think he can. I really? don't think he can. Oh. No, I don't think so. Uh, he's been present for way too much crap talk on Stu at the 22 compound for dozens <laughs> of years. So he's He's a media pro, man. He knows how to play it. There's a reason he waffles. I think he knows how to play the game. All right. Well, he's going to miss out on this. Uh, we're, Chad Reed, James Stewart, 2016. We look forward to you guys once again delivering uh, laps of joy for us in the media. We appreciate it. All right, Weege. Thanks, bud. Yeah, well, you get to be jealous because I'm going to be here live in person when Stu is seen on a track in public tomorrow for the first time. So suck it. Yeah, you. I don't know if this really counts, though. The Monster Cup, I think. I guess it counts. I don't know. No, no, no. I know it doesn't count, count. but the point is no one's seen him in person except for a handful of people. Right. You're, you, you should be here for his first. Like, Stu's on a motorcycle again. Yeah, I probably should have. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just be jealous. I will. All right, buddy. Thank you. Right, buddy, thank you. Yep. All right, bye. See This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing.
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbet because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.